Dude, I referred to a forehead as a forehead in this episode. <laughs> There's no such thing as a forehead. Yeah, I know, but I just called it a forehead, and I don't know why. You make up words all the time. You know, I make up words all the time. That's really prohibitive for public speaking. I know. I know. To stand your ground. Hi, I'm Becca Clegg, and this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. Welcome. I am so excited you're here. Our guest today is Anita Johnston, PhD. Anita is a psychologist, storyteller, eating psychology pioneer and author of Eating in the Light of the Moon, How Women Can Transform Their Relationship with Food Through Myth, Metaphor, and Storytelling, which has been published in seven languages. She is the co-creator of the Light of the Moon Cafe, an interactive online women's circle, book club, or workbook, if you will, for Eating in the Light of the Moon. She has been working in the field of women's issues, eating difficulties, and body image distress for over 35 years, and is currently the clinical director at Aipono, Hawaii, which has a residential treatment program in Maui and an outpatient eating disorder program in Honolulu. She is the executive director of the eating disorder program for the Integrative Life Center in Nashville. Dr. Johnson provides virtual individual consultations and conducts workshops around the world. She is best known for integrating metaphor and storytelling into her trainings as a clinical psychologist to explain the complex issues that underlie struggles with eating, exercise, and body image. And I have to say, on a personal note, Anita's work has been a massive influence on my own career, and I have learned so much from her teachings over the years. I am truly honored to have her on the Inner Alchemy podcast and have her explore with us the magic of healing around storytelling and metaphor. So, Anita, welcome. Thank you, Becca. So nice to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. So let's just start with kind of the basics, but what drew you to the work that you do and the use of metaphor and storytelling as a path to healing? Well, I think it's, I just kind of stumbled along the path that is my life, I guess. I, I grew up with with a tradition of storytelling for teaching in my multi-ethnic, multicultural household on Guam. And so I when I look back I can I can now see the connecting dots whereas of course I didn't see it at the time. And so you know the storytelling was sort of there in the background of my life and then when I had um children my my daughters when they were little they went to Waldorf school and they would come home uh with stories about Prince division and Prince multiplication. I'm going, oh my gosh, if I learned math that way, I'd probably know my times tables to this day. Right. So I took note of that while meanwhile, I had a private practice at the time working with women and even eating difficulties. And I started realizing, oh, I see what's happening here. You can use stories to convey some very complex or complicated concepts 
um, in a way, in, with a certain kind of ease to them. And so I started just incorporating that into my private practice as helping the people that were struggling understand at a deeper level and in, in more of a multidimensional level what was going on and where um, we ought to put our focus. That's amazing. I, w- listening to Prince division and Prince multiplication, <laughs> I wish I had learned it that way too. I always know whenever I heard a story and had something to connect, like whatever it was I was learning, I always remembered it so much easier. So that that's kind of amazing. You know, one of the reasons I was moved to do the Inner Alchemy podcast is just witnessing our world in 2020 and how out of balance and, and just incredibly um, imbalanced our culture is. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are about why you think we as a culture or at large are so out of balance at this time. Well, I think, you know, I share your perceptions. I think we're, we're really cockeyed. And I think <laughs> in some ways it's, it's sort of like the evolutionary apex of the uh, patriarchy. Mm. So, you know, that is the the system of overemphasizing the masculine yang, sun, if you want to use symbols, aspect of our psyche as individuals and as a collective, which is all about you know, logical, linear, goal, achievement-oriented, you know, processes. But the patriarchy takes that, and when when there's an imbalance, it becomes top-down. So you've got this hierarchy of, of that way of being is way more important, way more valuable, this doing, being busy, achieving, accomplishing, getting letters after your name, and, and money in the bank. That's, that's valued over the more yin, uh, um, feminine, emotional, intuitive, relational aspects of being rather than doing. So we've, we're so on tilt uh, as a culture in that direction. And so uh, hopefully now we're starting to swing back. Yes, yes. And in a nutshell, you just described so nicely so much of what this podcast hopes to bring to the world is sort of seeing how both the masculine and feminine energies, yin, yang, whatever you will, can work together and that it isn't about one or the other, but that it's learning how they both work together. And that's one of the things about your use of metaphor and storytelling to help people with the healing process. It really does appeal to that feminine or yin principle, doesn't it? Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say one thing though. Sure. Um, Because I mentioned the patriarchy and the patriarchy is not about the masculine or the yang energy. It's really a caricature of what you get when that energy is dominant. Mm. Um, So, so I just kind of want to make that point. That's what I'm, that's what I'm meaning. When I say patriarchy, I am talking about the imbalance um, where that yang is, is overvalued. Uh, so, um, and, and yeah, so I think I, I grew up in a culture that was uh, more matrilineal historically. And so I think 
I, I sort of mm, just respond to those ways of being and viewing the world, which has to do with more inner imagery. So uh, rather than the facts that are in front of me and sometimes to my disadvantage, but I learned how to, how to take advantage of that in, in my work when I realized that this could be helpful for healing for people that are struggling. And so using your inner eyes, which we also call insight, um, at where and using the faculty of imagination, that lends itself really well towards symbolism and metaphor. And so that's how I just began using that in my work, using the using metaphorical analogies or using stories that had metaphor embedded in it, and then using the ancient tales, the myths and the fairy tales that are actually jam-packed with coded wisdom mm. uh, that, that, that was buried in it. Uh, because, you know, back in ancient days, first of all, uh, not many people could read and write. And second of all, um, the information in many of these stories, there were people that mm, were imprisoned or burned at the stake by the powers that be for having this kind of knowing so it, when it got passed down from generation to generation to generation, it got encoded in the stories, which is really cool. So I started having fun reading the old stories and seeing if I could crack the code. That is fascinating. And it, it, to me, it's so fascinating how the stories and, and the messages in them, when you're using them, as a form of healing, you don't really have to try because the story sort of brings the message to you and you receive it. And to me, that's such a feminine way or, you know, yin way of being, as opposed to trying really hard to learn the facts, like you said. Um, yeah, because so, the, there's ease and yeah. the ease is the yin is more allowing. The yang it has more to do with will and focus. But the yin way, you're, it, rather than a, a single focus, your focus becomes softer, more diffuse. And so the messages, they, they kind of come in through the back door or through, through a window. It's not yeah. very direct. Yes, yes. I'll have people sometimes say, like, I wish I could put this book up to my forehood and just, you know, <laughs> by, by metamorphosis, just learn it. And I'm like, well, there isn't exactly that way, but there is a somewhat easier way to learn information. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about the yin opposed to the yang. So let's talk about the yang or the masculine and how it works with the feminine. Can you talk a little bit about how the feminine informs the masculine and how they work together? Yeah. And, and I also want to say also just in terms of clarification, because the language in and of itself is confusing. Yes. So, so we're not, when we say masculine and feminine, we're not talking about genders, 
all of us, regardless if you're male, female, trans, gender fluid, whatever, we all have these components within us. Now, the reason why I I use the language still, masculine and feminine, is that in the Jungian tradition, there's a lot of focus on dreams. And the symbology of the um, feminine energy within all of us in our dreams takes the form of female characters, as, as the masculine takes the form of male characters. But these are symbols, really, rather than genders. So I just like to like to make that point. Um, and so, so we see, like I said, and what we've been talking about, how out of balance we are in our culture. Well, guess what? We internalize that imbalance, right? So, mm-hmm. so we start to live our lives acting as though what we do and what we accomplish is more important and more valuable than how we are. Uh, then about our beingness and the way in which we are connected to other people or nature or uh, all of life. And so, so the task then comes of trying to bring these two sides of ourselves into balance because neither side is right or wrong or um, uh, more valuable or less valuable but they each have their place. And uh, often how they get out of balance is that we have a lack of center uh, and connection to our, our center. And so I like to see these two energies or energetic constellations as being aspects of ourselves that we can draw upon and call upon um, to do all sorts of things in a balanced way. Um, but but so your center is sort of like the CEO of your life, right? This is mm. this is the the key aspect of who you are, and it is it lies. If you think of um, the image for me that comes to mind is of the Vesica Pisces, and the Vesica Pisces is this um, shape that you get if you take two circles and you overlap them a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that's the image that comes to my mind as our center so that you can if you understand and recognize and know know how each of these energies feel in, in, in your body and in your psyche, you can from your CEO call on them depending on what the situation is, depending on what the aspects uh, and qualities you need to address them. So for me, that's the important piece is that you really, you don't want either side running your life. Because if if your inner masculine runs your show, you're going to achieve all kinds of things and have all kinds of accomplishments and blue ribbons and trophies all (laughs) over the place, but you'll be absolutely miserable. Mm. And if your inner feminine runs your life, you're going to have all kinds of dreams and visions and beautiful ideas and nothing will ever get done. Yes. (laughs) So the key is to really bring them into balance, strengthening your center, that that's the part of you that's going to do the balancing act. Absolutely. I love the way you put that because so much 
of what I have written about or talked about lately is trying to find the permission to access whichever part uh, your culture or your early teachings have perhaps cut you off from or not um, allowed you to access. And I, I think that, you know, is we have so much of that going on in our culture, but everybody's experience of it is slightly different. It's important to recognize the way you do this is simply by recognizing which energy is present. So, for example, you're driving down the road, um, you're late for an appointment, a really important appointment, and, and the car in front of you is going slow, but beneath the speed limit. So you pull over in the left lane to pass. Which energy is that? Boom, right? Yes. The, the yang, you know, it got places to go. Absolutely. To do, you know, organized, blah, 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 blah. So imagine you're driving down a road and you see a double rainbow and you pull over to get a better view. Who is that? (laughs) So, so the cool thing is by recognizing which energy is present, it puts you in your center because that's where you want to be. You want to be watching the pendulum, not riding it. It'll make you nuts if you're riding it. Oh yes. That's a fantastic, fantastic imagery. The idea of riding a the pendulum reminds me of that. Uh, they called it the Viking swing at Knott's Berry Farm when I was a kid growing up in Southern California. But it's that ride that swings you up and down and it, it can make you nauseous. So <laughs> you definitely don't want to ride it forever. So I also want to bring sort of the awareness that healing not only is, but can be fun. Because I know for a lot of people, it can feel like work, right? And that's somewhat of, of, of that yang sort of viewpoint on it, but healing can be fun. So we're always looking for new and innovative forms of healing to kind of share with the world on the podcast. Can you share with us one of your favorite modes of healing and why you liked it? Well, I think uh, it's probably why even after 35 years, I still do the work that I do because for me, it is fun Mm. And um, I, yes, I understand working with eating difficulties. Sometimes it can feel like you're crawling on bare knees over cut glass. I get it's painful, but what happens. And the reason I do the metaphor work is that it it's, it's fun in, in terms of it's, it can be enlightening, not just in terms of illumination, but in terms of levity, things lighten up when you start to see, oh my gosh, there's meaning in what I've been doing. Who would have thought something, something happens. And, and we now know, um, I used to call it the lights going off in someone's eyes, but we now know from uh, the new work in neuroscience that really what's going on when you get these aha moments and these insights is that um, the anterior superior temporal gyrus, which is a which is a part of your brain right above your right ear, it shoots out a blast of gamma waves, which is the highest electrical frequency in the brain, and you're creating new neural pathways. So, and it happens quickly, and it's it's enlightening and it's fun. It 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 has a feel good uh, experience. And so when I work with metaphor to help people understand why they're doing what they're doing with food, 
and how the struggle in and of itself and the very foods you're struggling with are holding the awareness that you're looking for. So once you can pop that, once you can decode that and, and, and discover that, it really is fun. And, and I love being along uh, the ride, <laughs> helping yes. people do that. Yes. And I love that play on words that it, it's not only like you light up, but it's illuminating. Um, so on that note, and on the note of fun, I want to include some rapid fire questions for you, just so the audience can get to know you a little bit better. You in? Yeah, I'm in. All right. What is one piece of advice that you might give your 14-year-old self if you could go back and give that to her? Yeah, I think what I would say, and I have this on a plaque now in my office, uh, my daughter gave it to me once for Mother's Day, and it's it's sort of my, uh, the thing that I would say is not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And I love the way you said it. It was like pure peace. <laughs> Everything is going to be okay. Yeah. All right. So you get to host a dinner party for three guests. Mm-hmm. Who do you invite? First person on my list, Marion Woodman. She's my hero. She recently passed away last mm-hmm. year. Uh, and she has really affected me profoundly. Um, then I would like to have be joined with Carl Jung because <laughs> he created Jungian therapy. And then I would invite my friend Francie White because she asks the best questions and, and loves to dig deep. And so I think it'd be really fun to have um, the three of them. That would be an amazing dinner party. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely want to come. Are you kidding? (laughs) Absolutely. I am there. Um, Okay. And one last question. You can travel anywhere in the world for a day. Where do you go? That would be the, that's the hardest question ever. Cause first of all, the places I would go, um, I, I, one day, <laughs> Just, it would take me that long to get there. So, um, there's three places on my list and I can't, I don't know how to pick between them. One would be Guam. I miss my mm. home. Uh, but it takes, it takes a while to get there. It's far. Sure. Guam is, you know, it's, between uh, Japan and New Guinea and Hawaii and the Philippines. So if you drew a cross between the two, there is a little dot in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and that's where I'm from. And I'm, I'm terribly, terribly, terribly homesick right now. Mm. So I go there, but I, I'm also madly in love with Italy and Greece. And uh, I want to go there. <laughs> that's right. You were about to lead a retreat to Greece right. when, you know, COVID. COVID, you yes, know? <laughs> I, I know, I know. Gosh, something to look forward to when this yeah. is all behind us. Well, so speaking about the retreat and, and everything, can you share with the audience just a little bit more about what you're offering and what work you're doing and anything you want to share with them in regards to, um, you know, new things you've got going on in the world? Okay. Oh, I'm always bubbling up with new things. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have my online um, 
courses at the Light of the Moon Cafe. And I have the beginner course is starting in January. And this is an interactive course. It's called the New Crescent Moon. And it's eight weeks of daily activities and a forum. And I respond to all the comments and questions on the forum. And we have women from all over the world. So that's really cool. I just, Mm. I love it. That's the work I love. I've got some self-study courses that are available. One's available now called Cracking the Hunger Code. I have a new one on assertive communication that's getting ready to be birthed. Um, and that too is a, is a self-study because I think that's the most important language. And speaking of yin and yang and masculine and feminine, I believe it's through this language that we can bring them into balance in our lives. Yeah. So that's coming up. Um, for your listeners, they can always get uh, my free downloadable PDF uh, that is uh, how to find the metaphors in foods that you're struggling with, which is really kind of fun. And in fact, I can even give you a link for that. It's lightofthemooncafe.com forward slash IAP, which stands for Inner Alchemy Podcast. Nice. We are going to have all of the links to Anita's website and all of these amazing free gifts and and her different courses. We're going to have them in the show notes for those of you who want to follow up that way as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the Inner Alchemy Podcast. And um, I just, I can't thank you enough because everything that you do and you teach is so in alignment with the message that we're trying to bring out to a larger audience. So I really enjoyed having you on today, Anita. Thank you very much. Thank you, Becca. I can't wait till we can see each other face to face. I know. Hopefully soon. Sooner rather than later, fingers crossed. Okay. Well, in closing, I want to go ahead and remind you of three things you can do if you should so choose. Number one is subscribe to this podcast. That way you can be in the know about all the new episodes we release as we release them. Number two is give this podcast a five-star review if you like the episode and you feel we earned it. Our goal is to bring these conversations about emotional health and healing to more and more people so we could use your help in telling more and more people about the show. And number three is do yourself a favor. Head over to my website, RebeccaClegg.com and download the free ebook all about finding and reclaiming balance. In this world and in these times, I don't know anybody that couldn't use some pointers on that. And as always, a huge thank you to Don and Claire, better known as the Ormwoods, for donating their single, Hope, Pray, Sing, as the soundtrack for the Inner Alchemy podcast. You can check out their music and videos at their website, theormwoods.com. 